Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Welcome to Episode 1 of The Story Studio with your hosts, Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Okay, welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art, and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, authors, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, creators, and anyone looking to tell stories in the modern world. My name's Dan. (laughs) My name's Luke, and I'm joined by... Dan. (laughs) I'm Dan. You can tell it's a long day. It's quite hot up here as well. How is it in Lincoln? Yeah, it's boiling here, um... To the point where I'm worried that I'm going to have to close the window at some point in case we get loud noises again, but I really don't want to because I know I'm just going to die. How's your writing going? What have you been up to? Uh, been fairly productive today. I've been planning stuff for our project. Project um, Dan. Project Dan, just trying to <laughs> lay the foundations <laughs> and make sure that I'm settled with the idea for when we talk more about that on Sunday. Um, and then, yeah, I've been chugging along writing a, a short story that I'm going to be giving to my Patreon people um which is exciting is that is that that's your first short story you've written specifically for your patreon followers is that right yeah yeah which is yeah it'll be good i mean they're quite lucky actually because uh i was only planning on doing sort of an a thousand two thousand word story and it's kind of already at three thousand words and it's not done yet what are you going to do with these stories after because how many i mean you're going to give them to your patrons and then they're just going to disappear or no i think what i'm looking at doing i mean what i've been wanting to do for a while is get a collection of uh short stories for an anthology anyway yeah. um so not only are they sort of getting exclusive looks at it before it gets um published in there but yeah i think i'll throw them into an anthology once i've got enough substance and then if, if, nice. if, if you add the stories you've written for the other stories podcast you're gonna have quite a hefty a chunky volume yeah yeah i think i've got what have i done i've done five stories for the other stories so far six um if you include first drafts and then yeah a few more short stories if you include things like flesh that binds which i might put in there as well and because i think that'll do better in in a bigger book than just by itself yeah um but yeah so all right how's your writing going uh so a lot of planning for project dan um it's it's coming up quite nicely i think um so at the minute we're essentially just uh getting our pitch ready right yeah okay um that's fine i mean i've got like a bit of a story or like planned out already but um honestly like you can change it up and and mix it when it goes over to you because i kind of want it to go through that that tempering just to get it 
get the story as strong as possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because obviously you'll have your ideas and how it wants, and it might be that I spring forward with a couple of things based off of the stuff that you suggest, and then hopefully you'll do the same for mine as well, because I think so far I've got a one-line summary or a one-line pitch, Yeah, a brief summary, and then I've actually just updated the Scrivener file. Um, yeah, I saw it, because we've got this shared <laughs> Dropbox that keeps like flicking away in, in the top right-hand corner. Yeah, which is quite cool, actually. Um, but yeah, and then another section, which I've just called Word Vomit, which is just me going, this could happen, this could be fun, what about this? And just that's cool. on there. That's so cool. Feel free to look at it before before Sunday, if you like. But... Have you have you looked at the other one? Mine? I haven't yet. Okay, no. cool. Feel free to look at it. I mean, um, I've got, like, uh, characters and stuff in there now, and, like, I've cast a few of the characters. Okay. So it'd be interesting to see what you think to... The various characters I've got in there, um, yeah. But I thought we'd today talk about planning because this is what we've been doing a lot of planning and outlining and coming up with ideas. But before that, we need to do our big whoop for the week. Oh, what a big whoop! Big whoop. Yep. Do you want to go first this week? Yeah, sure. Um, I thought this week. So if we go back in time, like about a year and a half, I just moved to London and I was having a hard time of getting anything done like um i'd not published anything for ages i'd not managed to get any films made or anything like that and i found a a guy called justin jackson who's a canadian entrepreneur marketer programmer and he'd just done a podcast called build and launch so build and launch the idea behind build this is coming to something (laughs) build and launch is um so he made stuff and launched these products digital online products within seven days and oh, from wow. and from that, I started my podcast, my old one, where I thought I'd do the same, but with books and films. So I'd make something in seven days, like I'd write a short story and publish it in seven days. I'd make a film in seven days and put it online. And then, so as part of that process of me doing that, like every week coming up with new stuff and producing new stuff, I made Keith, the film that sort of went on to get Many, many views online got me invited to film festivals in different parts of the world and all this cool stuff, won me some awards. I met Ben Errington, so we helped publish his first short story in seven days. Got skipped to do the same thing. And then we started Hawk and Cleaver. So like all of this stuff that's like gathered momentum over this past year and a half is all thanks to Justin Jackson and his Build and Launch podcast. So my big whoop for the week is his new podcast called Mega Maker, where yeah, he's... He's like, I've even got a t-shirt, look, I don't know if you can see. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a cool t-shirt. So Mega Maker, he's doing the same thing, but he's got a list of 100 things he wants to make and launch online. And his his podcast is just a doc, like, he just documents as he goes and makes this stuff, like the, the challenges and how to get get them to to an audience. And uh, it's just really good. I mean, it's just, and it's it's got a proper DIY punk rock attitude to it, which I really, really enjoy. So Mega Maker podca- Podcast. Honestly, it's a really good podcast. I, I love it. And I, I love that Justin, all the good stuff that happened in my life this past year and a half is because of Justin. So well, Justin. Justin, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, my my big whoop is just, I don't think it's anything revolutionary, but it's something I've discovered this, this week, which is WhisperSync. Okay. Which, are you familiar with WhisperSync? Sort of, but uh, you should explain it, really, I think. Yeah. So WhisperSync is basically, um, it's, a, as far as I'm aware, an Amazon-exclusive thing where 
if you download an ebook and you're also one who enjoys the audiobooks or you find that you kind of chop and change between the two, it allows you to say you're reading the book, you're sat at the bus stop reading the book, and then you have to walk somewhere else. You can just put your headphones in, click play, and it just flicks seamlessly between the text and the audiobook itself. Because I found I've been trying to read a lot more, especially this year. Yeah. Um, you read quite a lot now, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting through quite a good pace now. Um, but yeah, I find that what I've been doing is downloading the audio version separately mm. through whatever media and then reading sort of like a paperback or getting the Kindle version of that and then finding that I'll get sort of up to page, I don't know, 60 in a book. Yeah. And then because I've listened to something else on my phone, I then have to flick through and find that exact moment that I was at, which takes longer than it should. Um, and WhisperSync, yeah, it just... It, just erases that and i've heard of it uh, a couple of weeks ago and is it thought, a, is it a paid for thing yeah yeah okay so what you do is you download your book luckily um at the minute i'm using it with uh should get the author right but um the evacuating surviving the evacuation yeah the london one right yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a, uh, about a guy who unfortunately breaks his leg at a couple of days before the, a zombie virus hits london and he kind of gets trapped um, I'm just trying to find the, the author's name at the minute because I feel terrible if I don't. Um, Frank Frank Tay Tay T A plus T A Y E plus two oh tail yeah T A Y E double L okay um, cool and yes yeah, so I'm using it on that and finding that I'm just getting through a book a lot quicker because it means that like I say I can kind of read a lot and then. If I'm at work and I shouldn't be reading but focusing, I can kind of put my earphones in and and listen. So just to make sure I understand it, so you're reading a book on your Kindle app on your phone, you get to page yeah. 61, and then you're at work, so wherever you put your headphones in, and then it should start to play where you left off? Yeah, you literally click play at the bottom, and what it does is it just takes you from the top of that page, mm. and it kind of highlights chunks as you go along. So if you kind yeah. of look back and you're halfway down the page in the audio, you can look and see where you are. Um, Interesting. And yeah, it's a couple of quid extra. So this book, uh, presuming presumably, as far as I'm aware, is an indie author, and I, I believe it's the first of this series, so he's using it as a bit of a funnel, so it's a free book. Yeah. But then the audio to add on top of that for WhisperSync is two ninety nine, which I don't think is a bad price at all to pay for. No, is that. all of that go to Amazon or any to the author, do you know? I'm not 100% sure. I, I presume mm. it splits and you get some royalties from it, but presumably the large amount goes to Amazon. I'll have to look it up and then see yeah. if I can come back to that next week. It's interesting. When we've all got um, AR contact lenses in or whatever, that will probably work with a physical book as well. Like you'll be yes. reading somewhere and then it will just automatically sync. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why it's called Whisper Sync. And also... I I never really understand when people say they read audiobooks. I mean, I understand it, but <laughs> it just it just doesn't quite sit right in my head. I mean, you listen to them, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it the same way that um, you have a drinks menu, but you don't have like an eat menu? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by, by the way, have you done any Pokemon walks? This poker walks. Yeah, I've been on far too many still this week, uh, which obviously isn't a bad thing. I'm kind of, I'm now at the point where I'm taking longer routes to get places. Yeah. But I'm now not letting it interrupt my writing. I'm kind are of you, still. <laughs> are you turning up late to work and stuff? No, because I'm leaving earlier. <laughs> okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> I'm getting home a bit later, but no, it's still good. It's kind of, um, there's still a lot of server crashes, which is 
a massive pain in the ass, especially at this yeah. point. But yeah, yeah, I gave it a go, and then it crashed on me so many times. <laughs> I was like, you, "You've ruined this Pokemon Go. I'm never coming back." But then I, I did go back, and it worked pretty well. And I caught a Abra, and I was quite happy with that. But then Cat nice. Cat had an egg, and she got a Pikachu, and she. I, I think she was more excited than like a twelve-year-old at Christmas. It was unbelievable. But, yeah, um, I've still not got a Pikachu yet, which is a which is a damn shame. But yeah. I have also found um, it's a bit of a cheater method. But because there's a glitch at the minute with the track tracking where you can't actually find in the direction. But mm. I found a website called uh, Pokevision.com, which literally hacks into the API and shows you what Pokemon are spawning where in your area and how long they'll be there for. Okay, I'll so tell you- Kat about this. Yeah, so if you're looking for specific things, so I've been sat at work and seen sort of about a 20-minute walk away, there's a rare Pokemon, but I can't get it because I can't get there in 10 minutes. And yeah. So when we're not looking for Pokemon or listening to podcasts or, or reading and syncing up audiobooks, we plan, we plan stories and we plot stories, we come up with ideas for stories. So let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, if you, how do you start? How do you start coming up with an idea for a story? I tend to find something that something that excites me. I mean, I'm getting to the point now where um, I mean, I'm building up a bit of a back catalogue of ideas that I want to put together. So, yeah. luckily, I'm not sort of shortchanged. But especially when I began, I think finding ideas is easy, but finding ideas that excite you and that you think will do what you want them to do is quite difficult. Yeah. Um, and for me, I mean, I get a lot of my ideas from my writers group. Um, the idea for the novel that A Clockwork Rose, which should be out by the end of this year, came from a 500-word short story I did in the writers group. Mm. Um, and it's turning into an 80,000-word thriller. Um, and I think one of the one of the things that really helps was when I was reading Stephen King's on writing, it was he he says something in there along the lines of don't think of the bigger story idea, but think of the what if situation. Yeah. So what if a pack of bumblebees climbed out of the toilet and then kind of do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just as an idea and then just build up from that. Yeah. Yeah, I like the bumblebee idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it goes with that. Um Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Coming up with ideas is easy, really. Anything is an idea. But I think you're looking for that thing that resonates, that Mm. thing that suddenly like just resonates with you and maybe something you're thinking about recently or 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 like so for our other stories podcast where we we, every month we have to write a short story, we have a theme already. Mm. So that sort of that makes it a lot easier to sort of come up with a story idea for me. I don't know about for you, but having that sort of closed closed definition of what the story needs to be, yeah. I can quite easily take that and then just think of like several stories that I'm willing to do from from that theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I find that, to be honest, for me, it kind of works both ways in that because you've got, say, for example, with the zombie theme that we we did a couple of weeks ago, it's very easy to come up with ideas for zombies because it's such an established genre, such yeah. a, something that people are so familiar with that you know you could just throw a zombie into any situation and make something. But for me, that's also something that jars me because I want to do something a bit different. Yeah, I don't. I I'm not a massive fan of cliching things or you yeah, know, yeah, just rehashing stuff. Um, so I kind of try and find that balance between 
fitting into that genre, but not quite how people expect. Yeah, but you can use those those cliches to subvert, can't you? Um, 100%, yeah. I mean, I think in some insta- instances, I think, especially when like we're writing to market how we're going to be doing, I think you sort of have to lean into some of those cliches and tropes because people are expecting that, and if they don't, if they don't see that, then it ruins the experience somewhat to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's one of the things that I think uh, I will, I will learn to do, but I will struggle with a bit. Yeah, I know, purely, yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, even when I watch TV shows or anything I read at the minute, I see those familiar tropes, those cliches, and go, yeah. "Oh yeah," because it has to be there. Yeah. But then I don't always like them because, and I don't know whether it's just because you know I'm a storyteller now that. I see them coming. Yeah. It's hard to kind of imagine yourself in a reader's position, but yeah, the the other story is definitely, um, it's a good cue to give yourself a theme or at least a general idea. If you know what genre you're writing for, it, it narrows down some of the ideas you'll be looking for. Also, I think you've got to be willing to just get through a crap ton of bad ideas because I think when you first start, like you kind of want, than to be perfect do you know what i mean so you sit down to write your short story or or novel or whatever you want that idea to be the next the great american novel or, or whatever you're trying to write whereas i've kind of realized now that you have to get through so many ideas to just get to those golden golden nugget ones i think john lennon said that um he writes 10 songs a day and the ones he remembers the next day are the ones that will usually end up because he gets through so many it, it's just those ones that resonate with him that stick with him yeah yeah, it's a good way. Um, <clears throat> it's a good way to look at it, especially 100. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, um, like David Lynch was saying, he when he's looking for ideas, he um, <laughs> I think the way he described it was he just puts his finger out and then starts feeling for different ideas and themes <laughs> and and plot points that sort of resonate with each other. So, like, I think that like Stranger Times, you know, the new Netflix show. Yes. It's just such a perfect... Stranger me- Things. What did I say? Stranger Times. I keep doing that. Like <laughs> I keep calling it Stranger Times. Stranger Things on Netflix. It's like such a perfect mesh of... It's got those cliches, but it subverts them slightly. So... Yeah. I was watching it because... Um, yeah, I've watched the first two episodes of that mm. last night. Fantastic show for anyone that hasn't watched it. Um, and I'm actually going to be watching more tonight because I've got the house to myself for a bit. But yeah, it's... As I was watching that, I was like, this is very, you know, characters that could have been plucked out of Greece, could have been plucked out of the Goonies, yeah. Um, yeah. Stand By Me. But, yeah, they they tweak them just enough to make them different. And I guess you can have the same story again and again or the same idea on repeat. But if you put different characters in those situations, if you twist them just that little bit, you will always get something new that resonates with someone else. Yeah. I like, I think what Stranger things stranger things does is um <laughs> i think it takes all of that things all of that nostalgia that we have for those 80s films and but it makes it has an undertone of darkness of insidiousness that's just so oh like that the creepiness yeah. like what is happening and i'm so yeah i'm very very uh excited to see how they build it up over the season but yeah it's one of those that even in the parts where it's quiet and they're having fun or something exciting is happening I'm just constantly just feeling something there. Yeah. Something's going to happen. There's something underneath it. Or, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really good. So, okay, so then you've got your story idea or 
let's say you've settled on something that you want to take further. It's different for me for short stories and novels. I don't know about you, when you want to sort of flesh out the story a bit. Do you plan your short stories at all? Or do you just write into them? No, I tend to, with my short Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Sorry, I come up with an idea and I just I just pants it because as, with a novel, I feel like you have to have an element of planning because it's so big that you have to at least have some idea of where you're going. Yeah. Whereas with short stories... It's for me. It's a lot more. It feels a lot more free to be able just to go. Let's see where this goes. This is my idea. This is my nugget, and right around it. Yeah. Also, it was short story. If if it doesn't go where you want it to go, it's only a what two thousand words or whatever it is. Whereas yeah. a novel, you get like forty forty five thousand words into it, and you've gone, oh no, this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like you you can't really. You, yeah. Well, you struggle to fix it. Um, short stories. I I do plan them sometimes, but. What I tend to do is um, come up with like an idea for like a cool opening line or some some cool thing that I want to hit in the short story, and then I just start writing random sentences. I'll start writing about what the story is going to be about, and at some point in that, it will suddenly turn into the start of the short story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And once yeah. I've once I've caught that tone, that energy, I, I just I won't stop normally until I've got that done. Yeah, I tend to find with short stories, I don't like finishing halfway through because yeah. I feel like, for me, I, they're much better if they're just a brain dump. Yeah, it's like you ri- then, you want to ride that wave until it's done. You can't. Yeah, you don't want to stuff halfway through and try. And, you can't get back on the same wave, really. Yeah, and it's good to have sort of a solid hour or something, especially when you get going or however long it takes to write your words. But yeah, I find that with short stories, I will happily just. Or how how I've done the last few is I've come up with just a base idea or something that I want to hit, something that, again, might be a bit different. So, for example, with um, Animal Attack, which my story will be coming out in two weeks, just over a week. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know when we'll publish this episode of this, what we're doing now. Okay. Well, today is 22nd of July, and it should be the 1st of August? Yes, yes, it will be yes. 1st of August, yeah. Yeah. Um, and basically, my idea originally for that was... Uh, to have a guy who was a researcher on insects discover a new species, fall completely in love with it. He's very kind of mad, and then the insect attacks him and births its eggs in his body. Um, nice. But I wanted it to be in a way that <clears throat> I wanted it to be in a way that it came across that he wasn't talking to a beetle, but he was talking to a lover. And I wanted it to be really romantic, and I wanted to get that kind of oh, "I love you, look at you dance around" kind of thing. Well, and then twist it at the end. Yeah. So, so, okay. Yeah. Pull back, yeah, reveal yeah. that it's the bug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But as I was writing that, I just couldn't. It just didn't seem to click with me. And then I came back to it the next day, yeah. started the story again, and it turned into something else. And then I've actually done. I think it was four drafts of different stories before I got to the one that um, is going to be released, which is the Lion's Cradle. Yeah. Uh, which I won't spoil any of that. But yeah, I find that with the short ones at the minute, I'm 
finding that I'm happier just to come up with ideas and just give them a try, even if they don't quite work. Yeah. Again, I think that's just being free to accept that not everything's going to work and just being willing to put in the work anyway. And then if it doesn't work, scrap it or move on. I mean, there's that saying that no idea is wasted. And I think that's true because there's so many short stories which I abandoned in the past, which have maybe like a line or a character or a theme has still found its way back into something in the future. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So that's short stories. Short stories are a different beast to writing and planning a novel. Um, short stories, you know, just easier. I will say they're a lot easier to, to write in a novel. So we're planning novels for each other to write that I guess we're co-authoring. How have you, how are you take, how are you approaching your side of project Dan so far? So far I'm finding that I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of ideas and trying to in my head, see how the story shapes. But obviously at this stage, it's going to be a bit different because I mean, have you ever co-authored with anyone? No. No, me neither. So I've written a script with someone before. Um, it wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> it, wasn't, um, it, has, it had some good bits in it, but it was just overly... Uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to reading it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but now I'm finding that because normally it's a case of I'll come up with an idea, I'll plan it, and I will know where I'm heading. Mm. Whereas because I know that our next stage is going to be swapping the idea over to sort of outline it for each other. Yeah. I don't want to put as much into it. I'm kind of holding myself back a bit, which is a, okay, a, yeah. a bit, um, it's just a bit a strange feeling really. It's exciting to see for the idea of seeing what you're going to come up with. But, um, mainly at the minute I'm, I'm just looking at literally just like I say, word vomit, just writing down, this is an idea, this could be in this, this could be in this, just to give you as much to work with as you can. So I'm just sort of yeah. spitting out on the page. You can rearrange or do what you want with. Um, and then you call ideas or things from uh, works that are influencing it. I've kind of thrown in as well and gone, think of this, this might be cool. And just to kind of give you as much as you can to... I think that's really, really important when you're pitching a story to say it's this meets this or it's a bit of that. Because it's so hard, especially with fiction, to get across the tone of the thing you're trying to create. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I yeah, any any of those sort of references, like ideas for characters that are based on other characters or similar traits, anything like that, let me know. And I prefer that anyway. Yeah. See, I haven't gone that in-depth for characters yet. I might do if um, something's bring to mind, but I'm not 100% sure of what they are yet. Okay. So, yeah, that that could be quite fun for you to to create. But no, I think some of the influences are pretty cool. Um, some of them I think you might not be ultimately familiar with, but mm. I, I think I've put enough in there for you to reference so, and research. So, so the Painted Man, the Painted Man for one, yeah. yeah um, I've, not, I've not read that. No, Far Cry Three. I've played one of them. Yeah, just elements from this and that but okay i'll put i'll put links and stuff but how sure. are you how are you going about your side because i know that you're quite excited and you've got quite a lot of, <laughs> you say you've got quite a lot of stuff ready already no well i mean like um i have the idea for the overall story like what would happen in book one and finished whatever the last book is in the series 
Um, I have like the protagonist, so I know who this guy is, the journey he takes, and why he takes that journey. I mean, something that I do a lot of the time. I mean, I've done a lot of views as well. I've just free, free written loads. Just sort of sat down with a blank document and just gone. This is cool. I like this. This is cool. Um, and just you sort of build up this sort of wellspring of ideas, and you start to to, to fine tune it a little bit. Um, but I know that the, I don't want to spoil it, but too much. But <laughs> the the way the way I try to think of character when I'm coming up with characters is or story in general is you have a character, uh, they set out to do something, and they either fail or they succeed. That's like the fundamentals of story. Um, but then to take it a step further, you have a character and they have a flaw, like a character flaw about them that's intrinsically intrinsically linked with the thing they have to do to get to the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know what that flaw is, and I know how that's intrinsically linked into the story. So Okay. I don't know if I make it like if I'm being particularly clear, but I sort of know the arc that I'd like to take the character on. But at the same time, yeah. I am gonna hand it over to you and you could do whatever you want. And I'm not completely convinced that I know it's gonna happen in book one completely yet. So yeah. that's your job. Because I think that's an important thing to address as well is we are looking at writing a series. Yeah. Which is obviously this is a little bit different to writing a standalone novel and one of the one of the challenges that i think you've come across and i've come across as well um is looking at the overall arc of how this if if we're writing a series what the big story is going to be and yeah. then also where the natural points would be to create a one two three four five however many you're going to make yeah um and i think one of the things for me a couple of days ago when i was getting a bit frustrated with story ideas was that I was looking at the bigger picture far too much because I know that anything that I read that I enjoy and anything that I write that I enjoy is normally very, very character driven. It's very, you know, as opposed to long journeys where you don't find out much about people, but the journey is important. I really like finding out about the ins and outs of the characters, how they respond in this situation. It could be, I don't know, a kitchen gets set on fire and how they deal with that. It could be bumblebees yeah. coming out of the toilet. Yeah, um, again, yeah. Yeah, and it's that Come kind on, of stuff yeah. which excites me and that I find interesting. So once I kind of let myself cool down from what is the bigger idea, where's this bigger picture going, and sort of I've now picked the viewpoint that I'm going to go from, yeah. the, okay. from my who essentially is the protagonist, I'm finding it a lot easier to go, okay, this could be its natural progression during the first book, yeah. the second book, and then so on. I, I, I do worry that... So I know the protagonist's journey overall. I do worry that I'm not too sure if there's enough of a journey for him in this idea I've got for book one. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not too sure if... It's, it's difficult to work out with it being a series how to separate that and how to make it a bit longer. And I mean, how do you think that should work? Do you think it's just like have a, a smaller journey that mirrors the overall journey for the guy or girl? I, th I think it completely um, depends on the story. I mean, you see a lot of different takes on it. Cause if you look at, for example, this you something that probably most people know is the Lord of the Rings, mm. the fellowship of the ring, they don't get very far and they don't do a lot. They kind of, you know, they 
my mind's gone blank on the Lord of the Rings now on the Fellowship of the Ring, um, which is awful. But they don't. They basically make it onto the other side of the Misty Mountains. Yeah. Speak to the people in Rivendell. But book two has a massive battle. Book three has the huge battle, which if you compare sort of Return of the King to Fellowship of the Ring, in in regards to the journeys the characters take and the scale of what happens, it blows up massively. Um, so I think it depends on, on what you want to write. You can have yeah. a smaller idea for book one. Um, I mean, you've got to think as well of The Hunger Games. That first one is about they go into one game, do their thing, and then the second and third one go into this massive worldwide social suppression. It's almost like every sequel um, just blows up the the central story just a, a little bit bigger, yeah, um, and then like takes those concepts a little bit further. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think. I mean, when I hand this stuff over to you, I hope you've got enough to work out, like, the plot points. I mean, I know sort of what's going to be some reveals later on in the series. So that'd be cool for you to know that stuff, for you to then plant the seeds. seeds, Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. um, I kind of, you know, you get itchy fingers, you just want to get writing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a weird one because... That's one of the things that I think I've had. I've given myself a bit more time over the last few weeks to work on, or just to get myself ahead of things like the other stories, so that I can focus entirely on this when when it happens. Because I know we've given ourselves our twelve hundred word a day thing, and we've given a target date that we want completed by. But I'm I'd love to get it done quicker. Mm. Just however quick that's going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely keen to because I'm not huge on planning. I've never been. When I started writing, I was entirely panther. Like, Sins of Smoke was a completely improvised novel or novella. Um, Whereas I have learned the importance of planning with novels. Yeah. And I know that I will struggle to find the the right balance between I've planned enough and I should start because the last thing you want to do is start and then realise you've not got much substance. Yeah, I am. So when I wrote The Hipster from Outer Space, I pretty much pants that like i knew what would happen in the next ten thousand words and i wrote that and then replanned what i thought could happen in the overall story wrote the next ten thousand words and then replanned and it kept changing over and over again by the time i got to like forty thousand words it was already coming together quite naturally so i knew exactly where it was going to end so that was half pantsing half uh outlining i guess the sequel to that I completely planned. Like I knew everything that was going to happen, and I feel like the second book is a better book. Like it's tighter, it's it's more intentional. But at the same time, I feel like I like some of the looser aspects of the first book. There's there's a bit more, a bit more jazz to it. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit more spice yeah. to it. Yeah. So I mean, they both have their pros and cons. Yeah. Planning I mean, or not out- planning. Outlining itself is. Obviously, just a rough guide. You can veer off as much as you please if that's the way the story goes. It's just to give you that as much as you can to work with with the story. Yeah. So, yeah, I think because I, I can see my planning being sort of big paragraphs of this is the character, this is what they've been like, this is whatever. Um, 
but obviously it's it's a story that tells you where it's going to go so it might not necessarily stick to that and that's all right and yeah yeah i think you've got to be comfortable with just veering off and doing your own thing um Cool, man. I mean, I feel like if someone was listening to this, they'd know exactly how to plan a story. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one book that really helps me is um, uh, Take Off Your Pants by Libby Hawker. I didn't really get that title for a long time. The pantser thing, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so she's saying don't be a pantser, uh, plot an outline. There's a book called Take Off Your Pants by Libby Hawker. It's really good. I think I skimmed through it. And I just picked up the bits that I needed. I didn't want to do any more, but I picked up enough to get me through the story. There's also the hero's journey, which is yeah. pretty standard. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's any other books that have really helped me along with that. I once I bought probably about uh, eight years ago a book called How to Write a Novel. Um, I opened it and then closed it because it was very formulaic it was very yeah kind of school teachery checklist didn't like it at all yeah um, oh the novel writer's toolkit yeah which will, wasn't wasn't so much of a toolkit more as a, a dictatorship i will say people <laughs> people who want to write <laughs> dictatorship I, I, like <laughs> you've been, we've all been obviously we like stories otherwise you wouldn't want to get into the into the career of storytelling you must have watched a lot of films, TV shows, read a lot of books, read a lot of comics, perhaps games. It's all storytelling. I feel like a lot of this stuff is in. It's built into you. It's innate. But it's just having the confidence to to plow forward and trust that your some of your ideas will work, some of them won't. But eventually, if you keep chipping away, that you will get hopefully the majority of ideas working. That's one of the things that I've realised since I started taking writing seriously. Anyway, was I never so much as pictured things like games, like you say, things like comics or TV shows as strict as storytelling. I always thought a novel was its own thing entirely. A, a book was its own thing entirely. But you're right, it is all storytelling. And I think one of the things that hit me once I started outlining and planning the things that I wanted to write was I read a lot more now and I critically or I, I kind of pay more attention to the words on the page or the arcs that the characters take in TV shows. And the more that, and this, this is one of the things that I've really wanted just to write and put on my Instagram at some point is, um, uh, devour books and poop out novels. Yeah. Just because in, in that way, not in a crude way, but the more you read, like you say, the more it kind of gets built into you and the more you can understand. The, and The denser the poo becomes. Yeah, I exactly, understand it. Yeah, just full of chunks and ready to go. Five, um, yeah, I like it. A lot of bran, a lot of fibre. Yeah. You, you don't want loose crap that just flushes easily. You no. want it to stick. Yeah, I think this is the best <laughs> advice we've ever given. Yeah. You want a really <laughs> solid poo. That's how you write a novel. That's how you write a novel. You don't want yeah. wet stuff, wet, loose, <laughs> wet bad writing. You wet, want but... words to be a solid chunk of wonderful golden poop. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good place to like <laughs> uh, end the show. Um, where should we send people this? I, I, I want to say go to the other stories because you listen to podcasts right now. It means you're a podcast fan. The other stories is a good podcast. Go check it out. Fantastic short stories, 10 minute chunks, straight into your earbuds. Yeah, nice one. Okay, man, I'm going to close out here. Fantastic. It's good talking to you. You too, man.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Story Studio Podcast. Still hungering for some podcast goodness? Then why not check out our other show, The Other Stories. Oh, and did you know, every time you leave us a review in the iTunes store, a puppy is born. Cute, day, Anyway, toodle pip. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.